Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. Hey, it's just me this week um, and maybe next week. I've got some stuff that I want to share with you. Uh, I was asked uh, to do a uh, talk to some young guys about um, purity and dating. Um, and uh, as I put this uh, together uh, and, uh, and shared this with some, uh, some guys um, a couple weeks ago, uh, I just thought, you know what, this is just a, um, a really important and powerful conversation uh, for us to have. And I wanted to have it with you. Um, just our training for manhood listeners um, about uh, the importance of purity, the importance of uh, treating women well. And so not just dating, but marriage um, and really uh, all relationships uh, with women uh, kind of can be thrown in here um, under this uh, particular um, you know conversation that we're going to have. Uh, and so it, it might take me a couple of weeks to kind of work through um, these things to share them with you. So I'm, I'm just going to uh, kind of talk about what I talked about with the uh, the young guys and, and kind of give you a little bit of perspective um, and understanding into um, why I believe that the way that men treat women uh, is so important, uh, vitally important uh, for us as men to really be able to wrestle with and understand uh, what our God-given role and responsibility is, especially when it comes to uh, the way that we treat the women in our lives. And so um, I started off with uh, a, a quote from John Bunyan. Uh, it's actually written in the inside of my Bible. Uh, apparently, John Bunyan, who's the author um, of Pilgrim's Progress, um, a great Puritan writer from the 1600s, um, this is what he wrote in the front of his Bible. And, and just guys, um, I know that Training for Manhood, um, I want it to be a podcast that you can listen to uh, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. You don't have to be a Christian um, to to hopefully find some of the things that we're talking about really valuable. Um, but I hope you will wrestle with the idea that um, where we get these ideas from uh, and the foundation of everything I talk about comes from God's word because I am a Christian. Uh, and so this this is my understanding uh, that God has given us a revelation um, into how the world works um, according to the way that he's designed it and according to the way that he's designed us. Uh, and so if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ um, and you uh, are wrestling with some of the things that we're talking about and, and wondering why and where those things come from, can I tell you that that would be the place to start uh, is what do you believe about God, about Jesus Christ, about your relationship and where you are? Uh, and that that would be the first place uh, that I'd want to point you to. So anyway, so John Bunyan, great writer um, and uh, a wonderful Christian uh, from the 1600s, wrote this in the front of his Bible. It says, this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. Uh, and so as we talk about uh, dating and purity, um, one of the things that we want to uh, really emphasize uh, with us as men is we want to walk in purity and integrity uh, and honesty and transparency in our relationships uh, with other people and especially with women. Uh, and the, the way that I, I got this was really uh, from a verse that comes out of First uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 13, and this is what I shared with the guys. Uh, what's our ultimate goal? Uh, here's what First Peter uh, 1, 13 says. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be um, brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but 
as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Okay. And so just, if you just take the, the essence of what this verse is talking about is the, the concept and the idea of what, what you and I are going to talk about in the next 20 to 30 minutes. Um, I want you to, and what it says, it says, you know, prepare your minds for action. Literally, it means to gird up your loins, to gird up uh, your mind, to get serious about this. Okay. Uh, what we're going to talk about is, is really important, um, matters in how you treat women. Um, guys I've met with, um, dozens of men who have walked away from their families, struggled in their marriages um, for a number of different reasons. And so uh, if you're a young guy and, and you're yet to be married, or if you're a young guy in your marriage, um, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to save you a lot of heartache and pain um, and turmoil um, by talking about these things, wrestling with these things, working through these things so that you understand how you're supposed to treat um, your spouse, your girlfriend, um, you know, wh- wherever you are in this relationship status concept, um, this will help you. So here's the thing. I want you to, I want you to get serious about this. I want you to uh, be sober minded, right? Prepare your mind for action, be sober minded, get serious about this. Um, and then it talks about just don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Uh, so again, this is for those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ. You don't live like the world lives. Don't get your dating advice from TikTok. Uh, from social media, from, you know, friends who are not believers, right? What is everybody else doing? What are the movies? How do, how do, um, you know, common cultural references to dating and marriage, what do those look like? And I'm just going to tell you, right? Scripture is going to tell you, don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. That's the way other people live. That's the way you used to live. You don't have to live that way anymore. Um, and the ultimate goal really is holiness, right? When he, when Peter talks about be holy, right? Because God has called you to this holiness and, and, and it's in all of your conduct. And so that includes your dating relationship. Um, and so we want to talk about this. And so I started with the uh, four things that I really wanted um, young guys to understand. Uh, and these four things are uh, first, that sin separates, that purity protects, that holiness costs, and that Satan lies. Okay. And so we're going to walk through each one of those and just kind of um, pick it apart a little bit. But the whole idea that sin separates is this concept um, that God has given us a design for what we're supposed to do with our desires. Okay. So those um, physical appetites, those um, appetites of the body, of the flesh, right? Where, where do we place those? What do we do with those? And sex is one of those things that God has instructed us what to do with that uh, design. Um, you, you might've heard this before, right? But uh, fire in the fireplace brings warmth, um, and protection to a home, fire outside the fireplace brings death and destruction to a home. And so uh, it's great that God has given something so powerful um, as sexual intimacy uh, to connect um, men and women in a relationship. Um, but uh, if you don't read the instruction manual, uh, that's something that can bring destruction um, and separation uh, into a relationship where you want to have um, depth of intimacy. Um, one of the studies that I remember reading about is the whole idea of uh, when sex is introduced into a relationship, uh, the emotional depth of that relationship is established, is set. Uh, so think about this. Um, you, uh, you're, you're in a dating relationship. You've been dating for um, a week. You've been dating for a month. You've been dating for six months, wherever you are in that path, right? Whenever it is that you introduce um, sex to, into that relationship, 
that's going to be the spiritual depth of that relationship. So if you introduce it uh, early on in the relationship, a week in, a month in, right, um, your relationship will never grow deeper than that. And and the reason is, is because um, in that relationship, when you have conflict, um, instead of resolving the conflict and learning to work through things together, uh, you will go to what the tool of sex is, is that it's a great bonding unit. Um, and you will, instead of resolving the conflict, working through it, right, you'll use sex to bring that connection back. Uh, and so the emotional depth never really grows beyond that because you've already introduced sex. And now in some way, you're using it for the tool and the instrument that it is. It's a great bonding tool, but you're misusing it because you're not supposed to be using it to do the bonding, right, you're supposed to work through conflict, um, develop that relationship, and then sex is going to be something that you're going to use as a bonding agent later after marriage. And so for a lot of, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they introduce sex into a relationship before they get married, it does act as a bonding agent, they feel bonded, they feel like there's a great connection there. But later on, after years go by, they've realized we don't really know how to resolve conflict. And so they never have the tools necessary to grow that relationship and develop that. So scripture tells you, hey, don't introduce a sex until after marriage. Um, common sense tells you, all right, and, and studies tell you don't introduce sex until long into the relationship, until that emotional depth is set. And so, right, that would be a great reminder that, listen, even if you're not a Christian, you don't want to engage in sexual relationships, right, with another person until that emotional relationship is set and established. And I'm just going to tell you that after marriage is the best place to introduce that, right? That's, that's going to be the greatest instrument and tool that you can use to establish a, a lifelong commitment and relationship with a person is waiting to have sex until after you're married. Okay. So, um, it's just, it's just a, um, you know, a concept to, uh, again, I, I mentioned that, you know, sex is a great power that unites. Um, if you're in a relationship where you've engaged in a sexual, sexual relationship with somebody, and then you break up, can I just tell you, it's like gluing two pieces of paper together and then trying to rip them apart. Um, each of those two pieces of paper that were whole and complete before, once they're glued together and you try to rip them apart, each of them leaves less than it started. And so that's just a reminder, right? There's a tearing, there's a ripping, there's a, a breaking apart of that. And so when scripture talks about the idea that two become one flesh, right? When that one flesh union is broken, right? People get hurt and, and it's a, it's a devastating effect. And so the concept that we want to wrestle with, right? When we're talking about purity in dating and in marriage uh, is that sin separates. God has given us um, a design for how to use this incredible tool that he's given us, uh, right, of a, of a sexual intimacy, but he wants us to use it in marriage. And so scripture talks a lot about not engaging in sexual relationships with people who are not your wife. So before you get married, everybody that you meet, right, is a sister in Christ. They're not your wife. After you get married, you have one wife. You engage, right, in the sexual relationship with her. There's where your sexual intimacy is confined to. Um, and any other woman, right, is your sister in Christ and is not uh, somebody that you would engage in a sexual relationship with, right? Because that's going to be something that's going to be damaging and devastating 
to your relationship with with other people. So uh, first thing is sin separates. Second thing is purity protects. It protects us physically. It protects us emotionally. It protects us spiritually. Um, just the whole idea, uh, and I've been to a number of these, right? The Medical Institute for Sexual Health, um, you know, Dr. Joe McElhaney, I've had him on the show years and years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, they did an incredible amount of research just about, um, you know, the physical issues that come from people who engage in sexual relations before marriage, right, and have multiple partners. Um, there are a number of sexually transmitted diseases, right, that are out there that people can get. Uh, they spread them. And, and right, really where Dr. Joe McElhaney started was uh, he was an infertility specialist. Uh, and he would have women come to him um, young, right? And they had you know, just gotten married and they couldn't have children. And what he realized was a lot of them had a sexually transmitted disease from uh, years before when they engaged in, you know, in sexual relationships with other people before they got married. And now they're getting married. Now they want to start a family and now they want to have children, but they're unable to do that. And so just understand purity protects. Um, if, if you want to be married and you want to have a family and you want to have a great relationship for the next 50 years, then don't make the mistakes when you're in your early teenage years, when you're younger, right, to engage in sexual relationships with people outside of marriage. Um, here's where this comes into play for us as men, because I think that men are called and equipped to be the protectors um, and the cultivators of these relationships, um, I go back to Genesis uh, 2.15 when uh, Adam is in the garden and God gives him the command to keep and cultivate the earth and the relationships around him. And so that's an important reminder to us as men uh, that uh, we are to, uh, to keep and cultivate, right, to grow things, to do the work, right? I've said it before, the only thing that grows uh, without work is weeds, uh, so if you want to have flowers grow in your garden, um, if you want to have um, a relationship that's growing and that's, uh, you know, um, um, meaningful and significant, it's going to take work. It's going to take you cultivating that garden, that relationship. You know, you've heard it said before, right? We live in Texas and, um, you know, the, my grass is still, we need some rain. Uh, the grass is kind of dying out there. Um, but the, you know, the, the whole idea of the grass is greener on the other side, right? It's like, no, the grass is greener where you water it. So if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're pouring truth and life and significance and intimacy into that relationship, that's going to grow. But if you're engaged in a relationship outside, right, if you're having, um, you know, you're looking at pornography, you're having an affair, right, you're, 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 you're um, spending time with somebody who's outside of that relationship, somebody who's not your wife, if you're married, right, then that's going to diminish the relationship you're in. And it's going to grow somewhere else. And so as men, we're called to keep and cultivate a relationship, Genesis 2. Uh, we're also called to love, cherish, nourish, and sacrifice. That comes out of Ephesians 5, right? 5 um, is talking about um, uh, just husbands and wives, um, you know, verse uh, 22, verse 25. Um, super important. And, and guys, I want, to, I want to focus on this for just a, uh, for just a second. <clears throat> there, there's a couple of verses in Ephesians 5 that we really, really want to kind of drill down on. Um, I remember talking to um, uh, a young couple um, that was having some problems, some struggles in their marriage relationship. And um, uh, the wife really felt like the husband uh, was uh, domineering uh, and, and was controlling. And so I sat down with the husband and 
Uh, I took him to Ephesians 5, 22, and I read this to him and I said, hey, what do you, what do you think this means? And I want to read it to you. And I, I just want you to think through this for, for a second with me. Okay. I'm reading this out of Ephesians 5, 22, and I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think this means? Here's what it says. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Okay, so just, right? I said, hey, what do you think that means? And he gave me an explanation uh, about submission. And so I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. I said, let me, let me read it one more time. Okay, now I need you to really listen. Guys, I need you to really listen. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, again, I asked him, what do you think that means? And he went through the same thing. And then I asked him a, a question that I thought was pretty profound. <laughs> I said, are you the wife? And he said, no. And I said, well, then I don't think that verse is written for you because it says wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That's a verse written to wives. If you're not the wife, that's not your verse. I said, jump up to chapter five, verse 25. And this is what it says in verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water, by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So just grasp this right from a husband perspective, from a man's perspective, if you are called to lead a relationship, you don't lead the relationship from behind by pushing your wife toward submission. You lead a relationship by demonstrating and modeling to your wife, to your girlfriend, to right, to your significant other, to the person that you're in a relationship with. You lead that relationship by modeling to them what you're called to do. And you're called husbands to love your wife as Christ loved the church, right? So we're called to love, to cherish, to nourish, to sacrifice, right? That's, that's what we get to do in the relationship. And so I'm just going to tell you, if you're doing that in a relationship, um, it's, um, that's your responsibility. Now, you know, while I say, is it, is it much easier for a woman to submit to a man who's leading well? And the answer is yes. Um, but it's also right. Not your concern because what your wife's relationship is with you is between her and the Lord. And what your relationship is to her is between you and the Lord, you're responsible for you, not for her. Now, there's another verse I took him to as well, and it's in 1 Peter, where Peter is talking about very similar things, right? Uh, 1 Peter 3, and there's a, there's a verse up here to wives, and we're not going to go through this again, right? But in chapter 3, verse 7, it talks about husbands. And so it says, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. And this is a verse that's very interesting. When I talked to these young guys, I, I said, hey, here's the deal. What Peter's talking about is um, how we show honor to women by treating them in such a way that, and the word that they use here is weaker vessel, but weaker in a sense is, is getting across the idea that they're a more precious vessel. Um, we, we talked about the whole idea of um, fine China. Um, you know, my wife and I had kind of started a little thing called fine China ministry. Um, and my wife does a great job of talking to young girls about the whole idea of being fine China, 
right? That, that scripture tells you that you are precious, uh, that you are handcrafted by God. Um, you know, you're not a styrofoam cup to be used and thrown away. You're fine China in our house. I don't know if you guys have fine China in your house. If you're a young person, ask your parents about it. But, you know, fine China is something that we keep safe in a, in a safe place, right? We kind of keep it protected. And, you know, if people come over for a nice dinner, we bring fine China out, we, you know, we put it out there, we use it. And then at the end, we hand wash it, we dry it, and we, we put it away, right? So there's something special about it. It's not everyday wear. Um, and so guys, if you're treating the woman that you're with, your girlfriend or your wife, um, like a styrofoam cup, right? Like uh, something that you use and then you get rid of, that's not what scripture is calling you to. So as a man, we treat women well with respect, um, you know, with, with honor and protecting, loving, cherished, nourishing, these words in here. Um, kind of interesting, uh, I heard recently about the whole concept of, um, you know, going back to Genesis, uh, that the word that in, is used in Genesis um, for the description of why God made Eve um, said, you know, not good for man to be alone, so I'm going to make a, a helper. Um, and the word um, azir, uh, E-Z-E-R, the Hebrew word azir, uh, is the word that God uses to, de- to describe the helper. And it's a very interesting thing because it, it gives two concepts, right? Uh, to be a helper means that you're, um, you're strengthening and you're making better. And so in a sense, God is saying to Adam, I'm going to give you a wife to make you better. Uh, amen to that. Uh, but the other part of that is there's a, there's a complementary effect to it. There's a corresponding effect, right? There's an otherness that Eve brings to Adam um, that's going to make the relationship better because she's not just Adam. She's not Adam 2.0. She's not, you know, Adam the other. She's Eve. And so that otherness is a, is a really unique thing that we need to appreciate. Uh, it's interesting that the word Azir is actually the word that God gives to himself as he tells you that he's the helper of Israel. As God describes himself and his nature as a helper, he uses this same depiction. And so men, um, you would never think of God being lesser than the nation of Israel as he describes himself as the helper of Israel. And so we can't think of ourselves or we can't think of, of women as being a lesser than with them being our helper, we have to think of them as a equal co-heir, right? As, as Peter writes about, right? She's, she's an heir with you in the grace of life, um, that, that we are together on this journey. And so we don't, um, we don't put women down, right? Women coming together with us, raise both of us to a new level. And that's the way that we should be treating women. That that's the way that we should be looking at women, not only when we're dating, but definitely when we're married. And so we talked about sin separates. We talked about purity protects. We talked about holiness cost, right? So if you're going to, if you're going to walk this thing out, if you're going to walk this purity aspect out in dating and in marriage, um, you have to look at the, the two different things that are competing for your heart's desire. One is lust. The other is love. Um, and I just walked through the, this kind of easy comparison between lust and love. And I said, lust is easy and convenient, right? Think about the idea of pornography. Uh, it's always there. Um, it's cheap, right? Free even. Um, so it's easy and convenient versus love, which is a difficult uh, relationship. It, it requires effort. It requires sacrifice on your part. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's time um, for you to have a meaningful relationship with, with a woman is going to take time and attention. Um, but that's what love requires. Um, lust is cheap, Love is costly. Uh, lust is short term. Love is long term. 
Lust is self-gratification. Love is other-focused, right? So your focus in a relationship is not what you can get, but what you can give. And that's really, really an important aspect for men to understand uh, that if you're in a relationship, and I told the guys this, I said, here's the deal. If you're in a relationship with a woman and she's not better because of being in a relationship with you, then you're not doing the relationship right. Let me say that again. If you're in a relationship with a woman, whether you're dating or you're married, if you're in a relationship with a woman and she's not better because of being with you, then you're not doing the relationship right. Because that's how God's designed it, is that the two of you are going to be better than the one of you alone. And so if she is less than, and you are not improving her and making her better, then you're not dating her right. You're not, you're not engaged with her in the right manner. And the same thing goes for if she's not doing that for you, but we're, we're talking to you as guys. So we want to focus on what your role is and your responsibility. Uh, and the other thing I said is, is holiness, right? Um, you know, cost, I talked about lust takes, right? Where love gives. And so you want to be the kind of person, right, that's giving in a relationship, that's blessing the other person, that's putting their needs ahead of your own, that you're serving them, that you're ministering to them, okay? And so um, the last part, right, in sin separates, purity protects, holiness cost was Satan lies. Uh, Satan lies, and, and he's not going to tell you these things. He's going to try to tell you that lust and love are the same thing. Um, that lust being right, easy, cheap, convenient is good enough for you, but it's not because you were made for something greater, um, that you were made to love and to be loved, to be known and to know others, right? I mean, in fact, the word that, that scripture uses when it talks about sexual int- intimacy is the word to know, right? That, that um, you know, Adam knew his wife. Um, and it's an amazing word, right? That that's our, that's our heart's desire is to, to know somebody and to be known in an intimate and a transparent and an authentic way. So guys, when you settle for lust, when you settle for a, an easy, cheap, um, convenient relationship, that's going to end because it's going to be temporary. It's not going to last because we're made for more than that. You're giving up on the thing that you were really created for. And that's a meaningful, significant um, long-term, right? Lifelong engagement relationship with another human being, um, at a deep personal level, um, that mirrors. And what's, what's so cool about this, it mirrors the relationship that Christ has with the church. Um, it, it's, it's powerful, it's significant, it's sacrificial. Uh, and that's the kind of relationship that you want to begin to foster so that your dating relationships are going to look like your marriage relationship and your marriage relationship is going to look like the relationship that Christ has with his bride, the church. Amazing to think about that, right? Is that the Bible starts with a wedding and ends with a wedding, right? So in the Garden of Eden, we get the first marriage. We get Adam and Eve and the, right? The, you know, that, that he'll leave his parents. He didn't have parents, but he'll leave his parents, right? And, and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And we, so we start off in the, in the very, very beginning, right? Of the Bible, we start off with a wedding. And at the end, we end with a wedding when the bride of Christ, us as of the church are reunited, right? With our bridegroom, with Jesus, and so it's kind of it's a very powerful concept of um, relationships and the purity and the intimacy of these relationships. And so we want to we want to take this seriously, men, um, that we want to do dating well and we want to do marriage well. 
because this is a very high calling for us as men to be able to show the world how to do this, how to treat women well. And so when I talk about Satan lies, he's going to try to tell you um, that these things, right, are just as good, right, that the cost of pursuing pornography and, and, you know, somebody who's not your wife, you know, hey, nobody's getting hurt. It's not that big of a deal, right? Satan lies. The, the quote that I gave them, uh, you maybe have heard this before, but it says this, it says, sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay and cost you more than you wanted to pay. And so remember that men in your relationships, when the enemy comes in or the flesh and the world try to sell you something that is supposed to be good, but it's a twist on that God's goodness, right? It really isn't good. It's not good for you. It's not going to be long lasting because Satan lies. He's the father of lies. Um, so do not believe that what he's offering is going to be as good as what, what God offers. Now, what God offers may not be in your time yet right? You may not be ready for that relationship. And so don't try to short circuit and short change the work that God is trying to do in you to prepare you for the relationship that he has for you, because you want to be in that relationship. So um, next week, I want to talk about specifically, um, how do we get there? Uh, what does that look like to, uh, to be walking in that particular journey? Um, the, th- the last thing I left with the guys um, before we get to that part is just the power of four. Um, I, there was a study that came out that talked about, um, people who are, are, um, just doing life, right. They, they ask them a bunch of different questions about, um, you know, uh, temptation. They ask them questions about some, you know, their anxiety and, and, you know, just kind of where they are in life. And then they ask them how many times you spend, um, each week in the word of God. And if people spent zero days a week in the word of God or one day or two days or three days, they noticed that their ability to withstand temptation, their ability to um, not be anxious, right, didn't really change. But at four days, if you spent time in the Word of God four days a week or more, all of a sudden people's perspective on things changed dramatically. And so guys, let me leave you with this, okay? As we're talking about dating and purity and as we're talking about marriage and the significance of it, can I tell you, I need you to be in God's Word. I need you to be in God's word this week, at least four days a week where you're allowing the word to wash over you, to prepare your mind for the battle to go out and fight against the temptations of the world. Guys, if you're, if you're doing things right now, if you're in a relationship that is not healthy, right, you need to, um, find a way either to get that healthy relationship, establish those boundaries, uh, have that talk and say, Hey, listen, this is the way that we're going to treat this relationship. Or if you're not ready for that, right, you need to get out of that relationship and get yourself to where you're healthy and ready to lead a relationship in the right way. Um, but guys, I, I want you to do this. Well, I want you to have a great relationship, uh, with the Lord. And I want you to have a great relationship, uh, with your with your significant other, your spouse, your, your girlfriend, I want you to have a relationship that you're growing, that you're making her better, and that you're better as well. And it's a really important thing for the world to see that we do this differently, that we do this in the right way. And next week, we'll talk about some things that you can do to begin to move in that direction, some practical things that you can do um, to help you in that. So I hope, hopefully this has been a helpful conversation for you, and we'll pick it up next week with some more practical tips. 
Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man. Thank you.